At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Are you kidding me? You are looking live. Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything. It is the Monday, May 2nd edition of the show. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And of course, we did have the NFL draft over the weekend. I went out to the Bill Street Music Festival. Chris, you sat on the back porch on Friday night and watched a comedy special, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Yeah, I did. I did. I did. Who, who is the guy? It's a, it's a comedian that you love. I don't know that he's super well-known, though, right? No, he's... Uh, well, I mean, I don't know how well-known he is. Um, his name is Joe Liff. Uh, he is just my type of comedy. It's just silly, goofy. It's not <laughs> intellectual. It's not political. It is just silly and goofy and funny. And he's one of my favorite guys. He does a podcast with a guy named Mark Norman that I listen to kind of religiously. And they don't cover anything. They don't cover news. They don't cover top. They just sit around and make, I'm not exaggerating. They're, they're going to say the word queef like 19 times. Like they're just silly, <laughs> dumb, raunchy humor. And that's all I want in my life right now. Between work and like how divided politics makes everything uh, in our world. And, and even like the intensity that sports takes. Yes. Football season dominates our lives. My life especially. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm not going to speak for you. I'm assuming it dominates yours. Oh, most certainly. <clears throat> <laughs> when it's not on, I love baseball. I, I, I watch the basketball playoff um, and, and get into a few teams here or there. I, I really enjoy hockey. I just can't do it that intensely. And and all I want is somebody to make me laugh. That, that is the way that I want to cut loose, relax. It's just I want to be silly and funny and laugh. I, I can totally understand that. I I will tell you this. I have gotten – And Joe List will do it. Yeah, Joe, Joe List. Yeah, Joe List is the is the guy's name, um, and and yeah, like Burt Kreischer, Tom Segura, all that kind of stuff. Like it, those guys make me giggle, uh, like comedians have never done for me in the past. Really, like there's really yeah. good comedians that I've watched over the years 
But uh, but those guys, I mean, I will listen to anything that they are on, and and it always cracks me up. Uh, music has has done that for me. Like anytime we are not in season for football, that is my thing. Like I I, I have gotten back into it now that the pandemic is is hey, you know fingers crossed for the most part past us, and I got to go out to Bill Street Music Festival on Friday night and really enjoyed myself. I mean, I, I've got to see a, a band from Canada called the Glorious Sons. Um, saw a band from, I think they're from California. They're called Dirty Honey, but it's like blues, like old school classic rock kind of stuff. It is really good stuff. And then Sammy Hagar closed out on Friday night. And uh, and I'm an old school Van Hagar fan. So I've, I've been listening to him for, I mean, as long as I can remember. So yeah, I, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. It was nice to go out, you know, drink some uh, some cool snacks and, and just kind of not have to worry about all of the other crap that's going on, right? It's, it's just nice to get away every now and then. And then, of course, we get back into what's going on in the world of college football and the NFL and everything else. And, yeah, there is division and there's fighting and there's uh, all these different things about the right way to do things and the wrong way and what's wrong with the sport and blah, 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 blah. And it, it can be a little tiring. I will certainly say that. <laughs> uh, let's, let's go on and dive into some of these topics, man. Uh, the, the first one, so the NFL draft was over the weekend, and, of course, as we said on the live show on Thursday night during the first round, hope springs anew during the NFL draft. Everybody thinks that these are the picks and these are the moves that are going to make a team successful uh, moving forward. And from that point on, everybody thinks that they can win everything. They got the right guys. Their rival got the wrong guys. This is going to be perfect. Uh, let's just talk about the quarterbacks for right now. We'll, we'll just move into what happened with those because we were a little bit shocked that there was only one quarterback taken in the first round when we talked about it on Thursday night. That is not a common thing to have happen, especially now with how important the quarterback position has become. Do we have any record as to when the last time that did happen? I think it was like 2007 or 2008. Uh, I don't have it pulled up, but I, I believe that was the last time that we had uh, just one quarterback taken in the in the first round. But I, I don't know the last time that we have not had a quarterback taken in the second round and only one in the first round. Like, that's the crazy thing. I, I don't know that that's ever happened. Like, I'm, I'm yeah. sure in, like, the 70s at some point, maybe. But that was that's the big surprise from this is, you know, Kenny Pickett goes number 20 to the Steelers, and then none of the other guys get drafted in the second round at all. Now, obviously, on Friday, you've got the second round and the third round. So you did have guys that went in the third round. But I just, I was shocked. You had three guys picked in the third round. Desmond Ritter went uh, pick 10 in round three to the uh, to the Falcons. Malik Willis went pick 22 in round three to the Titans. And then Matt Corral, round three, picked 30 to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, so first off, I guess I guess we'll start with this. Uh, Matt Corral going to the Panthers, I think, kills any chance of a Baker Mayfield trade with Carolina. You agree with that? Well, so that was what was being reported. They were, they were real close to a deal. Uh, I'm thinking everybody wants the Browns to eat a bunch of the salary for Baker. And I think the Browns could have traded him, but they, but, you know, they don't want to get – they don't want to pay the salary. They want you to take Baker in the contract. And nobody was willing to do that. I think that's dumb on the Brown side. I agree. And the reason being, of course, it's easy for me to say this because it's not my damn money. But I, 
I don't know where losing him for nothing and you're going to still end up paying a large chunk of that salary anyway. Because if you cut him, you still owe him the money and you you only owe him the difference of what somebody else signs him for, which is going to be chunk change. Why? Why would you do that when you could just eat some of that money anyway and get a second round pick for him? There's no doubt in my mind they could have gotten a second for Baker. Why would you not do that? Well, it definitely wouldn't have been from the Panthers because they didn't have a second, did they? No, I'm just telling you that that, that I mean, they could I, yeah, I see. I, I see like, where you're coming you from. You could have gotten a second round pick for Baker Mayfield if you were willing to eat the entire salary. Look at what the 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 the, the Eagles got for Nick uh, for not Nick Foles for uh, Carson Wentz. They got a monster deal for Carson. They had to eat all the salary. Okay, all right. Now, all right, now that last year is over with, they ate that salary. Who gives a shit about the money? They got an extra first-round pick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. So quibbling over money, this is why bad owners are bad and great owners are great, is because they look at it like a game. They understand that $18 million will be a blip on a spreadsheet in two years from now, and nobody will give a damn about it. Uh, you're not wrong. You You are not wrong about that. Uh, I will say this. I'm I'm looking. Uh, apparently, this morning, it says, uh, you know, big. Well, no, never mind. It it says that the Browns still, to this point, cannot find a deal for Baker Mayfield. Um, yeah, they're going to end up either cutting him. I mean, there's a world where they keep him on the roster, which is which is absolutely crazy, right? But I, I did mention this a few weeks ago, like the idea that okay, they may not have a quarterback. Uh, they've got Jacoby Brissett. But when it comes down to it, if you've got Deshaun Watson suspended for a lengthy amount of time, who would you rather have, Baker Mayfield or Jacoby Brissett? And and I kind of... I think Baker Mayfield is the better quarterback. No, Baker's the better quarterback. The problem is is what happens in the locker room. Exactly. What do your other wide receivers want? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Like, who... Who do you want to play with? And I think more people yeah. in that locker room would rather play with Jacoby Brissett. So I'm I'm with you. But uh, as far as the the quarterbacks in the draft, let's uh, let's discuss Kenny Pickett going in the first round. We talked about that one already on the live show. You can go back and listen to that in podcast form or on YouTube. Uh, Desmond Ritter being the second quarterback taken overall. I. I mean, I had a bet on him to be the first quarterback taken overall, so it doesn't surprise me he, he was the second one. Uh, but he has come out already with all kind of statements now that he's gotten to Atlanta. It was like, I'm not leaving without a Super Bowl and blah, 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 all, all this stuff. He, he has a chance to actually win that starting job, not immediately. I think that's Marcus Mariota's job this year. But I could certainly see him learning the ropes and taking over in Atlanta. That seems like a pretty good fit for him. Do you kind of agree there? Yeah, I do. I, I think I think I think that's a hell of a deal. I think Atlanta did a really good job with the draft, and uh, you know, I I like him. So some of its biases, I I thought all along he was one of the two best um, quarterbacks in this draft. As far as talent goes, I don't know that he is uh, you know up there up there, but I do know that he goes about the game differently than a lot of these other quarterbacks. He is incredibly mature, uh, very, very smart on the field. Like, that's that's a big selling point to me 
Uh, so we'll see what happens there. The next one, the third quarterback taken, was Malik Willis going to the Titans. Uh, and cheers to the Titans uh, for, you know, not uh, we, we questioned what they were doing when they traded A.J. Brown, right? But when it comes to taking Malik Willis in the third round, that's not a reach. That's, I mean, that's maybe underselling the amount of talent that you're getting. It's going to take some while, or it's going to take a while for Malik Willis to fully develop into an NFL quarterback. I think we all know that because he's got a lot of kinks he's got to work out in his game to be a much better passer uh, like, the, like the league requires. But you've got a ton of talent there, and you still got Ryan Tannehill that you are never going to be able to get out from under that contract. So play this thing out, and you could have your quarterback of the future right there, and you got him with a third-round pick. You you feel good about this one? Yeah, no, I I, I do. I, um, man, I like Malik. I know everybody else in the world didn't. Um, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I think he can be good, and you know my yeah. opinion on Ryan. I just don't think I don't think he's special. And as soon as I know you're not special, like making it to playoff games don't matter because a team does that. It's it, it great quarterbacks win playoff games, and I just don't see him ever being that. Oh, um, I agree with you on that, 100%. I, I still don't like the A.J. Brown pick uh, trade. I, I love Burks. He was my favorite receiver coming out of this draft. But you're getting, you're getting rid of a bona fide guaranteed guy because you don't want to pay him. Well, what the hell are you going to do? If Burks pans out in three years, just not pay him either and well, trade him away. So let, let's talk about the wide receivers. Keep doing this. Let's let's talk about that. The the idea that Tennessee ran with on this was we don't have to pay these you know big time wide receivers. They their thought process is from what we've seen in the draft over the last you know couple of years, we can draft playmakers very easily. Because there are so many of them. There have been so many wide receivers that have come out that have been NFL-ready right off the bat. I mean, Jamar Chase is the best example. Justin Jefferson as well. Now, I don't think that they're all made like that. So this might be a bit of a miscalculation by the Titans. But their thought process here is we can go get somebody that does what A.J. Brown does. I don't, right. I don't know that I agree with it, but I think that that's what the Titans and some of these other teams are starting to, to do. This is the problem with that logic. You named off two guys that came in the league absolute 100% pro-ready to wreck the league, right? Yes. yes. There were like 19 receivers drafted in the first two rounds of the last two drafts. All right? Two of them, and that's, that's a gross miscalculation. Uh, there were about five guys that were drafted in that window of time in the first round that were great. Great. Okay. So okay. I just don't understand um, why you think five out of the 12 or 15 or however many were drafted. That's a good calculation for you to think I won't take the Jalen Reek. Like, how do you know you didn't get the Jalen Reek? How do you know you didn't get the Nikhil Harris? How do you know you did? Because you just gave up the moon for that. That's the yep. problem with giving up a guarantee. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I mean, the, the Ravens took Rashad Bateman in the first round last year. It, it's similar to around the same pick, right? Uh, he was number 27, and he did basically nothing. Like, it, it, he he was not ready for the league. Um, now he was coming off of an injury as well. 
But Devontae Smith uh, played pretty well last year. Jalen Waddle played pretty well. Jamar Chase, uh, you know, uh, who who else do we have? Uh, Kadarius Toney. Uh, everybody thought that that was a reach for the Giants what, last what year. What you told the 53 men in the ro- in the locker room, you're not trying to win this year. Yeah. Because Waddle and Smith and all those yeah. guys were really good, but they ain't ready to win right now. Agreed. Agreed. And that's, that's so the other part of this. All those guys that are working their ass off to win a championship this year, sorry, we're not interested. Yeah, by, by trading A.J. Brown, that's that's exactly what the Titans did. I mean, that's exactly what they did. Uh, you know, when I'm looking at these classes, I don't know that they're going to be able to do this all the time. I just I don't buy into the idea that you can just go draft a playmaker. Like, I just don't think it's that easy. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see what they end up doing with it. Uh, as far as some of these other quarterbacks go, Matt Corral, your boy, went at the very end of Friday night to the Carolina Panthers. We just talked about it, but we hadn't talked about Corral. I. Uh, I think this is a good fit. This is a job that he can certainly win. I don't know if he's uh, really ready to take the job day one, but if they're sticking with Sam Darnold, uh, why could he not be the guy that takes over, you know, midway through the year? You you feel, you know, maybe that's what David Tepper was thinking in, you know, I can bring in Baker Mayfield for $18 million, or I could bring in this kid, who I, I'm gonna tell you this. Mac is gonna be better than Sam Darnold. Mac is gonna be better than Baker Mayfield. Mac is gonna be a really, really good football player. He's just gotta get healed from his ACL, which today ACLs shouldn't scare anybody. No I don't know oh, yeah. I don't I couldn't tell you the last time a player got hurt with an ACL that didn't come back because of the ACL. Oh agreed. Yeah, they, they have fixed that thing. Like it is ACLs uh do not last that long. Like at all. Yep. So as long as Corral doesn't lose himself between rehabbing and getting ready, and he goes there, gets the playbook, he follow, goes to practice every day, he rehabs, he starts building a relationship with guys, I think Corral could do really, really well in Carolina. I think so, too. I think so, too. All right, the surprise of the draft to me was Bailey Zapp being picked before Sam Howell. <laughs> I... Sam Howell, you know, he does have the the whole he's only an actual true junior. He's only been playing for 3 years now. Uh so that certainly plays, you know, maybe to help him because he'll have a longer career, but uh but Howell went round 5 pick 1, Bailey Zapp went round 4 pick 32. Howell goes to the Commanders and Zapp goes to uh the New England Patriots. Uh now first off, I will say this, we've talked about this in the past. I don't know that the Patriots drafting somebody uh, necessarily means that they think this one player is better or that the rest of the league believes this um, because I don't know how much I trust the Patriots when it comes to drafting. But uh, but the fact that, that he went before Sam Howell was a bit of a shock. What did you think about the Patriots taking, uh, taking a quarterback here? Uh, them taking a quarterback a year after having drafted a quarterback who seems to be your future. Is a little weird. Very much so. Considering how many holes I think the Pats have when it comes to depth <laughs> and other needs that they could have addressed. This might mean they want to move on from Brian, Brian Hoyer. He it's has been very like possible. Yeah. kind of the grown up in the room to be the backup, but maybe they're saying, no, we need a real legit backup. We don't want to spend a lot for him. Um, 
I'm, I'm very, I'm trying to be very sensitive when it comes to this matter because it matters to me. It's important to me. I, I love Bill and I trust Bill and what Bill has given me over the past 20 something years is, is something nobody in the world has ever given. But man, we're, we're this draft. I could be, I hope I'm wrong. Now, I say this with the understanding that I know nothing compared to what he knows about football. But I feel like we're getting close to needing to take the keys away from Grandpa. And it's a real hard conversation to have. It's it, here, let me let me read I don't know how he's building the football team. I don't understand. That's, that's what it I was, yeah. That's All, exactly what I was thinking. For the last decade, I, I never questioned it. I, I did but crack I've up got, because I was keeping up with the draft on Friday night when I was at uh, the Bill Street Music Fest. And when I saw that the Patriots drafted a wide receiver, Taquan Thornton, out of Baylor, uh, which the prospect grade that NFL's next-gen stats gives him says average backup or special teamer. Like, he was the guy that uh, that ran a 4.2840, according to <laughs> the, uh, the NFL network, right? He's super fast. But, you know, when you look at his numbers and everything, he, he wasn't exactly... Uh, you know, the, the, I don't know that he was a second round guy. I'll say that, and and we all know that the track record for him drafting wide receivers is not great. But when you look at all of the other picks as well, right? He took Marcus Jones, the cornerback out of Houston, who might be great as like a kick returner. Uh, but Marcus Jones is like five foot eight and not exactly a, a stand up corner. Right, he's like he he plays corner. He's more useful, I think, in the league as a uh, you know as a kick returner. Then you got round four. You got Jack Jones, cornerback out of Arizona State. Round four, you got Pierre Strong, the running back from South Dakota State. You got Bailey Zapp in round four. Then you go to round six. You got Kevin Harris, the running back from South Carolina. Sam Roberts, a defensive tackle from Northwest Missouri State. And then you got Chasen Hines, who is the center from LSU at the end of round six. And then at the end of round seven, you got Andrew Stuber, who is an offensive tackle out of Michigan. I, it, it feels like we do this every year. And, and it's just, I don't know that it was a good draft for the Patriots, and I do not understand what they're doing. Like, everybody else seems to have... been a good draft have, for the Patriots in a, in a long time. Yeah. Everybody else seems to have at least some kind of strategy. And with this, it's like, hey, you're just throwing dart to the dartboard. Like, I don't understand. I don't, I don't either, Gary. I mean, drafting two running backs and two cornerbacks in, in the third and fourth rounds. Like, what, <laughs> what, are, what are we doing? I, I, don't, I don't get it. Because it felt like the running back room was, was pretty full anyway. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of holes that needed to be filled, and they did not fill them via the draft at all. So, uh, so Sam Howell, let's, let's move over to him. He, obviously the commanders, like, they are going to need a quarterback at some point. Yep. That's a pretty good fit. You know, you get a guy in the fifth round. We've seen guys be drafted late. I mean, Dak Prescott was a fourth-round guy for the Cowboys. Like, we've seen stuff like this happen where you get them on a pretty cheap deal and you just see, right? You just see if it'll work. Uh, I don't know that anybody thought that Sam Howell would fall this far, but... I mean, you get him in the fifth round, like that's that's not bad. 
Like that that works. You uh, you feel like Ron may have stumbled on something here. I think he got lucky. I think he got lucky. Um, I don't know that I love Sam Howell. But, agreed. You know, as a prospect in the fifth round, I'll take him. Yeah, I mean, just so somebody a team that, you know, that hadn't had a quarterback in a long ass time. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, we got three other quarterbacks. It was Chris Oladokun uh, that the Steelers took in the seventh round. Skyler, he's uh, from uh, South Dakota State. Skyler Thompson from Kansas State, round seven, pick 26 to the Dolphins. Uh, Skyler Thompson is one of those guys that I think is just going to, he's just going to do anything. And then I don't know that there is a more fitting person to be Mr. Irrelevant than Brock Purdy going to the 49ers with the last pick in the draft. <laughs> we talked about Purdy on uh, on the show on Thursday night. And and he gets drafted, but he's Mr. Irrelevant. Do you uh, Did you feel like that was the perfect fit for that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, you know, he was irrelevant all last year. So, so why not? Yeah, exactly. Why not? Why not? Um, let's uh, let's jump off the NFL draft. I'm sure that we'll talk a little bit more about it on Thursday's show. But uh, but let's talk for a minute about Jordan Addison. Now, he is the Belitnikoff winner from last year. He uh, plays at Pitt, and he's a big-time stud wide receiver. And I am sure that when Keaton Slovis committed to Pitt, his thought process was, I'm going to get to throw to that guy like every Saturday this fall. It's going to be awesome. And now the deadline to be in the transfer portal was on May 1st, so Sunday. And you had to at least be in the portal by May 1st if you wanted to be eligible to play this fall. And there was no talk of Addison even being in having the thought process of going through the transfer portal. Like, nobody had said a word. And then you start hearing, eh, he may be going out to Los Angeles. He may, he may be hearing from some people. And then you start getting numbers thrown around. Like, USC boosters willing to pay him $3 million to come out and play at USC for his last college season. Now... You also get all of the reports about Pat Narduzzi being pissed off about tampering with a guy that's not even in the portal yet, which is technically, in NCAA terms, illegal. Uh, and, and there's a lot of people that are really, really fired up about this, really upset at the idea that a kid might have been tampered with. And I, I got to tell you, it does not bother me that much because I don't think that this is the only instance. What what surprised me was Pat Narduzzi coming out big time against Lincoln Riley, right? That's what surprised me is you're you're going to tell me that Pat Narduzzi or at least people around the program because I don't think it was Lincoln Riley that reached out. I think it was, you know, third party guys that reached out, "Hey, you know, Jordan, if you wanted to come out to LA, play at USC, we might be able to that's make insane. some NIL deals." That's insane. That's insane. The king of the transfer portal. You think you think Lincoln didn't didn't make a phone call, didn't try to recruit the kid? You're insane. I think that Lincoln might have called you, somebody you live else. In a fairy tale land. Even even if it was Lincoln Riley, I don't think that's like uh, a, a weird incident. I think that this happens everywhere. Like, do you kind of feel the same way? So no. All right. So here's here's my thought process because I have a completely different feeling on this. Okay. okay. I am I am extremely 
extremely pro transfer whatever the fuck you want, okay? Yeah. All right. Now, if we're going to put windows on it and say you need to be in the transfer portal by this time or whatever, that's fine. But that's it. Like, like you can transfer to any school. They can't block 67 schools. They can't do any of this shit. So transfer whenever you'd like as long as you're within the rules of the transfer, okay? I'm okay with that. Make okay. as much money as you want to make, and the schools and the NCAA can't say boo about it. All right? I wish they could get money from anybody they want because they're old enough to smoke weed. They're just not old enough to, 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 to sponsor it. That's bullshit. All right? Yeah, Some of these I guys agree. are old enough to drink a beer, but they're not old enough to sponsor it. That's bullshit. A tobacco? No, that's all bullshit. Okay? All those products aren't good, but I am very much capitalist believe that these kids should be able to make money however the hell they want. Everybody stay out of the business. Now, if we're going to have rules and we're going to have parameters, then by God, I want those fucking rules followed. Okay? And if you're not in the transfer portal and somebody is offering you money at another school somewhere else, then that school offering that shit needs to get hammered down. Because this is what happened to all the years of dark money. All I wanted were all of these things to be, to be put in yeah, place just out in the because open. I was sick of the dark money. I was sick of the bag men. I want to take all the bag men in the woods and put a bullet in their fucking head. Okay? So, it all brought it to light. But if we're just going to go back in the dark and allow things to happen in the dark still, then what have I told you in the past? I'll let you do all of these things in the, in the front. But if we catch you cheating, if we catch a bag man dropping $100,000 of cash off to somebody extra on top of the things that went along, I want that school to get the death penalty. I want them to not be able to play football for two years. I want that coach fired and never to coach again. Okay? Because that's the only way you can entice these coaches and these programs to follow the rules. If you scare the shit out of them. You make the punishment so bad that nobody would ever conceive of breaking the rules. Nobody. So, so I want all good for the kids, but I want these programs to understand because we're allowing you to go ape shit. If you step out of the line of ape shit, then you are done. So how how do you go about that? Right? Like, what do you I, mean? How do you go about that? You start you start filing paper trails. You start you start getting phone records. You start finding information because none of this shit is done in person. Okay, so well, do you, do you know how many different on, communications happen between California and Pittsburgh? <laughs> Probably not that. Well, although right. it, with I'm Keaton Slovis, we can find those things. Like with Keaton Slovis being over at Pitt now, I, I would imagine. <laughs> but it, that's that's the thing that gets me is it was already widely known that he was going to go to Pitt. Uh, Keaton Slovis was going to go to Pitt uh, before he ever entered the transfer portal. So, you know, I'm sure that before he entered the transfer portal. He probably talked to some of the coaches out there to make sure that they had a spot for him and, and whatever else. Like, if the kid reaches out, like, is that considered tampering? Like, is no, because kids can do anything they want. It's it's weird. It's a weird hell. Thing. No, no. Like, oh, you're you're under employment, right? You have a contract with your employer, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm saying for instance, I don't know if you actually have a contract or not, but I used to have a contract with my old employer. No, I, I, I do. I've contract, got two contracts. Okay. <laughs> I. I could go call anybody in the country that I wanted. Now, if another company wanted to hire me, they would have had to negotiate some type of compensation 
with my company on top of, there would have been a negotiation between the new company that I want to go to work for and the old company. But that new company cannot call me legally. Okay? Gotcha. You see, understand how that works? Okay. The individual always has rights over the organization. Always and forever. It'll never change. It never should change. So, yes, these players can call these other places to see, are you interested in me? And if they say, yes, we're interested, then they then have to bring themselves into the transfer portal at the appropriate time, and then that then, then the process happens, whatever happens. Now it comes into light, and all this stuff happens. But if these schools are going to start enticing kids before they ever hit the transfer portal, then we got a problem. We got a big, big problem. I, I, I think I can agree with where you're coming from. I can, uh, I can definitely get with that. Uh, my, my question is, I don't even know what my question is at this point. I, I, I don't know what has gone on here, right? So I... It, it, with the NCAA, Lincoln Riley is a is a known, publicly known. We all understand and agree. He cannot deny the fact that he is a liar. Yeah, that's right? definitely true. So we have a so we have a liar who has his entire career taken transfers from other places, but blocked kids from transferring elsewhere. So we also know he's a hypocrite. Okay, so we know two things about him that know that he's probably a really big piece of shit. But he's really handsome and he's good at coaching football. So we kind of let him get away with whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. Uh, okay. I can get with that. I can certainly get with that. The issue right now is that we don't know exactly what's happened. And well, that's and we because don't... Mark Emmert's worthless and the NCAA is completely worthless. And that's they're going to the have part. rules, but they're not going to enforce any of these rules. Yeah. They're not enforcing anything right now. I know it's, that. It is that's, really insane. That's a problem. Yes. Yes. It absolutely is. Uh, the the recruited we we all remember the NIL stuff was opened up, but it was not to be used as a recruiting enticement, right? But we all knew that it was yeah, going to be. No way to, I don't know that there's a way to enforce that. Exactly. Like, I'm all for having rules, but rules have to be enforceable. Right. Like it, if and that's that's the issue here is if if you cannot prove that. Lincoln Riley or one of these assistant coaches is who reached out to Jordan Addison, then you can't really prove tampering. Like, that's that's my issue with the whole thing is, how are you planning on going about enforcing this thing? Unless you have a recorded call or something along those lines, I mean, there's nothing right now against... My question is, is when did he enter the portal? Uh, it, that's the other question. He I, His name is not officially in the portal yet. We we may not even know then, until tomorrow. Then we absolutely can. Then we absolutely can call tampering because because he's not in the portal. But we already have evidence and record that he's been communicated with by the other school. Well, but we don't know that it was the school. We, it could be a third party. Like that. That's that's where all of this gets no, really murky. All right, so hang on. This goes back to just like the boosters and the dark money. No, 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 no. No school has ever paid any of these kids. All right. It's always been a third party, Gary. It's always been a booster. Okay. If we're going to have rules, if you speak for the school, then you're a part of the school. Okay? This, okay, okay. I, I see where so you're coming some, from. Some lawyer, all right? So that's just throwing around a lot of money at Baton Rouge, okay? Yeah. Injury lawyers. So some personal injury lawyer in Los Angeles 
says, well, hell, Lincoln, I'll call him. All right? Now he probably talks to the high pitch voice. Hey, Lincoln, I'll call him. <laughs> and, and, and I'll do all this, and I'm going to give all this money. And he's not in the portal yet. Oh. <laughs> we got to wait until he gets to the portal until he's calling you, nerd. Yeah, yeah. That's you know what? Let's let's take this into a different part of this conversation. Uh first let me go on and do these reads right quick. Um podcasts. Make sure that you are downloading, subscribe to all that good stuff. The Winning Cures Everything Podcast. If you're listening to it or watching it right now, we certainly appreciate you. Make sure that you knock out the um uh the YouTube as well. Subscribe to the YouTube. You can find everything on all of this on the website, winningcureseverything.com is the website. You can find it all right there. You can also get us on Twitter. I'm at GaryWCE. Chris is at ChrisBGiannini. And the show is at Winning Cures. Also, you want to see more of my smile and mug, you can do so at BetUSTV.com. Uh, went 8-2 and two in my NFL draft picks last week. And along with that, uh, this week, we we're talking Kentucky Derby. So we'll have that video up on Wednesday. So you can go ahead and check that out as well. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Uh, Chris, this leads us into uh, more NIL discussion, and this has to do with college basketball, but it, it all kind of ties in together, right? Miami basketball guard Isaiah Wong threatened to transfer from Miami if his NIL rate was not raised. Uh, now, this comes from there's a billionaire uh, attorney that is, I, I think the guy is a big time investor or a, a co founder or whatever of this thing called Life Wallet. And Life Wallet uh, has a like $30 billion valuation. So this guy is, is, or no, I think it might be like $100 billion. So he's worth like $30 billion himself. And he's throwing around this money. They got a transfer from Kansas State named Nigel Pack. And he was one of the top five transfers out in the transfer portal. And he signed with Miami and his agent which this all sounds really weird for it to be college basketball, but his agent announced that he was signing with Miami and in the exact same tweet announced that he had signed a deal with LifeWallet for $800,000 over two years, and that was going to be his NIL compensation for going to Miami. Now, 
that sounds a lot like a recruiting inducement to me. And it sounds like this agent brokered this deal with a known Miami booster. And and now we're still talking about the same stuff with Jordan Addison uh, with between Pitt and USC and the fact that he might be making like $3 million to play wide receiver next year. But at what point does this get... Like, I, I don't have a problem with kids getting paid. I'm just... I don't know that any of this is sustainable. And and cheers to these kids for getting the money while they can. But doesn't does it not feel just weird to have this going on? No, no, this is normal. This is normal. This is how every business starts. Okay, this is how all new things happen. All right, they're new. People begin to find loopholes and 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 use them for the way they weren't intended, and then. The society says, oh, we like that. We're okay with that. We can't enforce this. And the thing molds into what it becomes. Okay? Ten years from now, we're not even going to know this story existed. Right? We're not even going to know any of these people matter. People are talking about all this money, these guys. Go back and look at Sam Darnold. Not Sam Darnold. Sam Bradford's contract. Sam Bradford made more money than any quarterback in the history of the NFL in his time of playing football. And he was never very good. That's true. And the league and the economics of the business said, what the fuck are we doing? All right, all right, let's back it down, back it down. Let's, let's put a cap on these things for rookies. Let's make a scale. Let's, let's do some things a little bit different. Okay? And so the economy changed greatly after that, all right? And now you used to have guys trade out of the first-round pick that were early first-round guys because they couldn't afford their rookie. Do you remember that? Do you remember that? So (laughs) all these big-money deals of all these guys, all it's going to take is a guy like, like what we have in Miami. He signed a deal. Now one year later, he's not happy with his deal because he sees the next guy's making more than him and he values himself more, well, you've got some options. You can go into the NBA draft, take your chances there, or you can hop in the transfer portal. Well, if you hop in the transfer portal, you forego any future earnings that our NIL deal signs. Like, that. okay, all of these things have to be laid out in contracts. You're going to see all kinds of things happen through this new economy. You're going to find people who are going to make deals with kids and then they're not going to pay them. And we're going to all lose our fucking mind. We're going to all flip out and say, Oh my God, this one booster promised $800,000 to this kid. And then he welts on the deal. Go ask anybody who has ever ran a small business. If they've ever had somebody make a commitment, the small business handles their part of it. And the person welts on the deal. It happens every Every day day in business. Oh yeah. Every every day it happens in business. Okay. Now it doesn't really happen to the big boys very much because our government protects them. They don't protect the little guys. And people are going to lose their minds. You know what I'm going to say? I know this sucks for that kid, but some good things come of it. A, he got a really good life lesson. B, he's going to understand the thousand dollars that he has to pay for an attorney to look over all these contracts is absolutely worth every penny of it. Agreed. And C, openly, publicly humiliate the person that welts on that deal 
And now other kids go into that school will know, don't do a deal with this guy unless you get the money up front. Lots of things can happen. Bad things are going to happen when you have this because we're made of people and people are assholes. We're all assholes. Okay? Yes. So so I'm not afraid of any of this. I'm not afraid. Like, the, the kid who's coming in, the new five-star, get your money. Okay? Is he worth 800 grand over two years? Probably not. But get your money anyway. All right? Kid that wants to leave because maybe last year he only got like 150 grand or whatever. Hey, I'm okay with you being upset about your deal. You can either play on it or you can leave. I don't if know. you want to go test the market, say, you can. If you think that I'm you're worth you more did. than that, yeah. I, yeah, I think the majority of these deals going forward are going to be very, not incentive-based, but time-based. I think they're going to be very backloaded. This is very much a situation where you stay here for two years, you get eight hundred grand. Your first year, I'm going to give you $150,000. The second year, every month, I'm going to give you $150,000. You know? Like, like you're just, we're just going to make sure you're not here for five minutes in the week. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Go ask anybody who's ever built a house where they didn't use a builder and they subbed everything out on their own. Ask them. People will come in your house and they're going to say, I need 20% up front. And then I need 60% when I get to this point. And then I need 15% here. And then like, the, you got like a, like five or 10% at the back end that you owe me when it's all done. Find out how hard is it to get them to finish the job when all you owe them is the last five or 10%. Oh yeah. Boy, they're Johnny on the spot trying to get that first 50, 60% showing up every day, working their ass off. Wait, they only owe five or ten percent, and they never show up. These NIL deals are going to be the same way. If you pay these kids up front, they're going to hop on that. They're going to take your money. They're going to hop on that transfer portal, and then they're going to get paid by somebody else. I, w- I will say and this: I'm okay. Uh, I'm okay with all of it. The sponsors that are paying out the NIL deals are going to get screwed by these kids. The kids well, yeah. are going to get screwed by some of these sponsors. Everybody's going to screw somebody at some point. I'm okay with all of it because this is how it all works. This is how we get to the perfect society. Yeah, this is, you, you it's how you get to the market rough, correction. Yeah. Yeah, you take a rough idea and you say, man, I can see where there's problems here, but I think we can work with all these problems. And you see how people manipulate it and you see how people abuse it. And you say, okay, we don't like that. We're going to start chiseling away at this and making regulation here, make a rule there. Don't get too crazy. I'm not a big fan of regulation. That's because people are assholes. Most rules only come in because people like to tell other folks what to do. Hey, not do because think, it actually benefits let, anybody. Let me interrupt you real quick. Do you think that maybe this is why the NCAA dragged their feet for so long on coming up with some kind of a plan for this? Well, I, I know we like to bash the NCAA, dragging their feet but, is because yeah. they're incompetent. Because they're really bad at this stuff. Yeah, no, I, I don't the, agree with it. The, the, the other 10% yeah. is because, oh, we can't get a perfect everybody, everybody has a big, this is the, let me tell you, this is a government conversation. Everybody on the planet that's involved in government right now foregoes the good because it ain't perfect all the time. And it pisses me off. Yeah. If what we have is shit and another way of doing it could be better Oh, but but that other way's got a lot of flaws. Look at all these flaws. They don't like that. Uh-uh. You gotta try some things, man. 
This is why we don't fix any problems. It's because we want to solve every problem in 200 characters in a tweet or a three-minute answer and a monologue on a debate. You just can't. Problems like healthcare are just too big. Like, no one's going to be able to answer all the questions in five minutes. You just can't. Yeah, it's just it's but impossible. That's, but that's the issue. Yeah, the NCAA saw we don't know how to do this where it won't upset people. So we're just not going to do this. Well, that's the problem. Just try something. Yeah. Heaven forbid you, you upset the organization and you actually do something that's good for the kids for once since your organization was founded, you dumb bastards. <laughs> it was founded in order to uh, to help protect the uh, the kids that were playing. And it has. And how good are they at that, Gary? Uh, they, they have they've gone way far away from it. That's that's why we have They're a whole so other good at organization. It that another organization <laughs> had to be created to do that very thing. Wow! It just blows my mind. Blows my mind. Anyway, all right, so, I've rambled. I've, I've yelled and screamed a lot. I apologize. No, no, it's good. It's good. I mean, that's that's what I wanted. Um, yeah. I, I will say. I mean, we did have um, uh, good gracious, two four seven had Deion Sanders on, and he said, uh, I, I don't think any of this stuff is tampering. He said, uh, it's really a lot of the high school coaches that are reaching out on these universities' account. Uh, and he said that most of these college football players know where they're going before they ever enter the portal because they want to make sure they got a spot now because they have seen so many kids get left in the portal and not have a scholarship and whatnot. Now, I don't think Jordan Addison have ever had to worry about that. Uh, but, and, but the situation with Isaiah Wong... Uh, slightly different. He wanted more money because he saw a guy that came in that has not been a part of this program is making more than him, and he just led and a team led, to the elite. And he led a mediocre team to an elite elite eight season that was yeah. unbelievable, and he played his ass off, and he was the leader of that team. Yeah, but the question is, is he worth more than what they're already giving him out in the open market? And I don't think that's the case. I don't think it is. Well. He, he might be, because we he, don't he really know be. what he's, he's being given. We don't know what his original contract is. Hell, he might have signed that bash for 50K. Uh, yeah, there ain't no telling. There ain't no telling. Because 50K two years ago was life-changing, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, most certainly. Most certainly. It was it was before John Ruiz and, and all these Miami yeah. boosters were we, throwing we around in, money we for We live in a different world today than we did last week. <laughs> you are not wrong about that. You are not wrong at all. Uh, I'm looking... Trying to see if we've got any kind of information. Uh, well, let's move over to uh, the NFL right quick because uh, okay. we've already been at this for 47 minutes now. Uh, the Honey Badger is signing with the New Orleans Saints. He is headed back home. And first off, this is a, a feel-good story anyway, right? I mean, he's from Louisiana. Yeah. Uh, going back down, you know, played his college ball at LSU. Uh, that's where everybody learned about the Honey Badger. He was awesome. He's from in the, New Orleans. I mean, he was, yeah. he was one of those New Orleans kids. Oh, yeah. No, he, he was awesome. Absolutely awesome. So, uh, I don't know that... Uh, here we go. Here we go. Deal is now in place. Uh, Three-year, $33 million contract includes $18 million fully guaranteed. Language still needs to be finalized. Deal signed. But Matthew is returning home to New Orleans. $33 million, pretty good. Uh, Saints defense has been pretty good for the last however many years. And obviously, they've got a coaching change and everything going on this year. But, uh, I mean, if you're the Saints... I don't know that you could have asked for anything better to, to make the hometown fans feel better than to bring in Honey Badger again, right? I, I, I think yep. this is great. No, this is going over pretty big um, down, in, down in the bayou. And uh, and I, I, I like this deal because I, I love Tyrod. I mean, 
outside of Joe, he's 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 a favorite football player I've ever seen. And I really think about it, man. Think about what we were robbed of. We really only got one year of him. Yes. Yeah. Think about all the highlight reels that he reels off that you could put out there right now, and that is like thirteen games, fourteen games. Yeah, uh, fourteen games. That's it. Fourteen games in that 2011 season. I mean, that was a. And he's got an entire college season. career of highlights. Oh I mean, yeah, he, he, the, he he's the biggest what if in, in all the in all of college uh, sports, in my opinion. Um, and then being able to go home is. Think, think about what he what he did. So he got kicked off of the team for uh, failed drug tests. And, Marijuana. And that stuff, like, nowadays, I mean, that would just be swept under the rug. I mean, they, they, Marijuana. they, they almost changed the NCAA rules because of that. Like, because of that one player. And uh, It's now legal in New Orleans, in yeah. Baton Rouge, in Louisiana, and, and and not too too long ago, the greatest player to ever step foot in LSU's campus before Joe Burrow was thrown off the team for smoking pot. You got it. You got it. Now we'll say this was not a one time thing. Like <laughs> oh, no, 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 it never is. But, it never but is. at the end of the day, it's still damn pot. Exactly. I mean, okay, all right. <laughs> Jeez. It's so ridiculous to look back at it now. 365 days a week, so he gets caught 365 times. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's still weed. Exactly. Man, now, looking looking back mother. at it now, I mean, that was that was 11 years ago. Uh, when, no, I guess it was 10 years ago when that went down. And yeah. it, it, 10 years seems like a lifetime with as progressive as this country has gotten when it comes to marijuana use. I mean, it's really insane. But it's also the same That's thing true. when you look at Ole Miss and uh, and everything that that football program went through. Uh, when it comes to, like, NIL now, and all this stuff is just out in the open and everybody can do whatever they want to, like, it's so weird to look that, at. Hang on. Out, outside of the, all I hope for is we can get rid of the, the $100 gym shorts, okay? When, <laughs> when that one guy supposedly, like, worked at a store or owns a business who sells Ole Miss apparel, and he supposedly gave away like $2,200 worth of stuff. And the guy got out of there with like five shirts and some like shorts. I was like, what in the heck? What, <laughs> what are we doing? What are we, and I went and looked it up. I was like, this, this, this can't make sense. And I, I saw like I the basketball yeah. gym shorts were like $82. <laughs> and I was like, is this some bullshit bobo-ass gym shorts? For $82? That's when the old band came out of me. Oh, I know. I remember us looking at that I stuff. Ready, up. I was ready to fight somebody at that time. I was I was more mad about that. I had you all upset calling them cheaters, and I'm thinking <laughs> I'm I'm mad about the eighty two dollars for some damn gym shorts. Oh, the whole thing was crazy. Just crazy. Anybody that was going down to old paying eighty two dollars yeah. for gym shorts. I wanted those people to go out of business. It was crazy. I mean, you you look at it now, and it's I mean, it, all that kind of stuff still costs the same. You toss a, a team's logo on it, and then you've got whatever the brand is. Yeah, I mean it's gonna be eighty two dollars for gym shorts. Like it's stupid, but that's ridiculous. It is, uh, but uh, and I ain't paying. Yeah, and I love my school. I ain't paying it. You know what I will pay? I find some kid selling some bootleg gear, and it might not be officially licensed, but it's gonna be cool. He's got creativity, and uh, <laughs> and I'm gonna give that guy my money. There you go. You pay twenty dollars for a t shirt. That'll be all right. That's right. That's, that's not too crazy. Hell, I pay twenty for thirty dollars now. I think it's expensive, Gary. 
You gotta give that boy his money. <laughs> Look, I'm not a tight end. Oh my god. Uh let's all right, so we were talking about LSU. Let's talk about uh former LSU defensive back and now current Alabama cornerback Eli Ricks. And Eli Ricks was busted last night uh, for driving over 100 miles an hour. Um, reckless endangerment, I think, was one of them. And he had possession of marijuana in the car. And he, he, was, act- he was actually arrested. Now, he was arrested in Mississippi. I think he was either headed back to Louisiana or he was headed home from Louisiana to Alabama. One way or the other. But he was stopped in Mississippi. So he was actually arrested now he's been let go now you know it didn't whatever um but you know this is a a bit of a strange situation uh i do want to know you know is this is this typical for eli ricks did any of this stuff go on at lsu i I tried to keep up with this stuff as much as i could um but also uh, when it comes to alabama uh you know we've seen stuff like this just kind of get swept under the rug before, but it, it became... Well, there's a, no doubt if he would have crossed that state line, it, we'd have never heard about it. And that's kind of what I was thinking. That's kind of what I was thinking. I, I would imagine this will this will eventually go away, but it's definitely not something that you like to have happen when you are heading into a season where you are the, the preseason number one, you know, shortest odds to win the national title uh, going into the 2022 season. Uh, give me your thoughts on, on Eli Ricks getting arrested. So the old man and me is going to come out. Driving 100 miles an hour is not safe, man. When I was young, too, okay, okay I, never, I never had enough money to have a vehicle that could go 100 miles an hour. Um, <laughs> and, and now that I finally do, uh, I, I don't want to do it because but I value my life and I value the life of other people a little bit more. I, I have a I have an issue with that, but that's just young, dumb, and, 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 and that's, no, nobody has a patent on that, all right? It's not because he's at Alabama. That he did this. No, no, this is this is 18, 19, 20 year olds who who feel invincible, and this is what they do. And I, yes. I, I just the old man in me wants to tell him, hey, let's chill out a little bit, all right? All right. I got no problem with the bag of weed in the back seat. Well, no, because okay? if he had been pulled over in Louisiana, uh, that wouldn't even be like that wouldn't be a crime. No, smoke a little bit of that, and you'll slow your ass down. Okay, now, I'm not <laughs> telling you to smoke and drive. I'm just saying he wouldn't <laughs> have been going 100 miles an hour. If it had been cheaping on the week. Yeah, you're probably right. In the state of Mississippi, the great Magnolia state that we live in, that plant is very illegal still. Very illegal. Very, 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 very illegal. Illegal to a point to where we passed medical marijuana in 2016. Passed it. No, 2020. Passed it by yeah. 73% population vote. Passed it. And our state legislature of Mississippi said, uh, our citizens do not know what they are getting themselves into. And we are going to somehow make this not happen. It was the, they uh, hate yeah, it was the Supreme so Court. Bad. Yeah. The state Supreme Court. Yeah. yeah. They, they hate pot so bad that they're willing to say 73% of the population of Mississippi do not know what they're talking about. And we're going to take this away from you yet again. Yes. So very illegal in this state. You got to know these things. If you're going to be driving around in them. It's just crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Uh, but I don't. I don't think. Look, look. He, he's never. I'll say this: If you enjoy pot, LSU was not the school for you over the last ten years, fifteen years, because they came down real. We've had several big time players, star players, five star guys transfer out. 
and they were not like hiding it. Uh, who was the big defensive guy that transferred – offensive lineman maybe transferred out last year to Kentucky? Um, uh, uh, Rosenthal. 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 Yeah. And he openly said, two recruits coming in. You like to smoke weed? Don't go to LSU because they are going to test you. They will not cover it up, and they will suspend you. Yes. Yes. And I, it's dumb. It's one of the things that pisses me off the most. We fight over stupid things all the time. <laughs> you were not wrong at all. It, it's, I'll have it's a lot strange. of people try to tell me that that's like, my opinion of it being dumb. And other people see pot as very dangerous. And so they are glad that it's illegal. And I tell them, your opinion is wrong. Yes, my that's not an opinion. That's way. just wrong. The world, <laughs> the world would be a better place if they just made me the czar over everything. If I could just snap my fingers and make everything right, we would have very few problems. You uh, you got your application in for NCAA president? I don't know how to do that. I, th- I think they posted it on, like, Indeed or something. On Indeed? I, I do th- have a bomb-ass resume. There you go. Because so, I did just apply for a big boy job that I never even got a call back from. But, well, there you go. Okay. Uh, y'all put in for this one. I'm not opposed to it. Do you think that me referring to the organization as a terrorist group at any point in time will come up, or what are the chances that they just didn't listen? I would imagine that they didn't listen, but if they ever took you seriously as a candidate, they'll probably they'll probably comb through some of our prior shows. <laughs> I'm gonna bet. I'm gonna bet you're wrong on both. Of them. Well, I'm gonna bet you're right on the first count. I bet you're wrong on the second. You don't. I'm gonna the- bet there's no chance they're gonna spend the next 32 hours or have somebody spend the next 32 hours listening to this. And if they do have someone do that, that person is going to be low wage, college age, and they're going to like me. Probably so. They're going to be like, bring this dude in. He's perfectly fine. He's never done anything wrong in his life. <laughs> you might be right about that. And if you are that person right now, <laughs> find me, call me. I promise you, I bet I pay better than the NCAA. You can, I will uh, bet they pay you nothing. You can find Chris on Twitter, at Chris B. Giannini. Yeah. <laughs> My DMs are open. Some people say mean things. Some people say nice things. You can say anything you want to me. There you go. There. I block nobody. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's close out with this. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, I have a question for you. Yeah. DeAndre Hopkins, uh, do you believe that he will play more games this year than Deshaun Watson? Because he has now <laughs> been suspended for six games for violating the NFL's performance-enhancing drug policy, uh, league sources have told Ooh. ESPN. So, uh, man, I I struggle with this because I there's a part of me that I don't know. I don't know if it's Roger Goodell. I'm gonna I'm gonna say a word I really don't want to say or mean. I don't know if he's too cowardice. Is he too afraid to to suspend Watson? Have they done their research, talked to some of these people, and realized we kind of don't think he needs to be suspended, but. We've suspended so many people for less. The problem with what Hopkins did is that's collectively bargained. Yeah, Watson is a the the god of the sport makes the decision. Hopkins' situation is very much a um, this is collectively bargained. It is very black and white. If you test so many whatever nanograms of whatever illegal thing, then then you're suspended for this amount of days if it's your first time. You're suspended for this amount of days, but it's your second time, and so on and so forth. Those just can't be argued. 
It it does like I'll, I'll tell you this. It think, it definitely sucks. I think Watson might not get suspended at all. Uh, Hopkins missed seven regular season games with a hamstring, and then he had a knee injury, uh, and he missed the playoff yep. game. Um, now before that, he had only missed uh, I think two games. Um, that's right. Very very healthy up until last year. Yeah, the first thing when we when you called me today, the very first thing you said was, "If you see the breaking news." Six games for PED or whatever, and yeah. my first thought was, "This man's coming back from injury." Andy. That's that's what it is. Yeah, he uh, okay, so he missed seven regular season games with a hamstring and the knee injury. Uh, missed the playoff game. He had only missed two games the entirety of his career up until this yep. past season. His quote on it was, "That was probably one of the worst feelings I've had since playing in the NFL. Was knowing that your team needs you to get to where they want to go, and I was helpless." He said, sometimes I didn't want to be around the facility. Sometimes I was like, man, I don't know if I want to be around uh, just because I care so much about it. Um, and now here he is missing, you know, six I, games. I have, I have, like, I've, shit on, yeah, I've shit on guys in the past for popping for, for drug steroids um, and, and stuff. And the, and the older I get, I, I now fully believe almost everybody in the NFL is taking this stuff. Not to get bigger, stronger, or faster because these sons of bitches are – Real big, real strong, and real fast. Like, I, I really do think that everybody taking this stuff in the NFL is taking it to heal. And and I'm I'm not I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to try to say is it right, is it wrong, should they be allowed to or not. I my tune today is, and I'm not a huge Hopkins fan. I don't, I don't dislike him by any stretch. I think he's an absolute stud. I, I don't like the Cardinals. I'm not an organiz- I'm not a Cardinals fan by any stretch. Nobody would ever call me that. But I think I was wrong all those years that, that I referred to guys as drug chiefs and things like that. In football, especially. Now, baseball, we'll have a different conversation in a different day. But I just, I don't know. I kind of give these guys a little bit of a pass. I understand why the rules are in place. you got to protect these guys from themselves. And some of these HGH drugs that you can take. Uh, so... I don't remember who I read, and golly, this was like 10 years ago. So I'm sure the science has evolved since then. But one guy said the problem with HGH, or the scariest thing about HGH is, is it, it it's a human growth hormone. It stimulates all of your growth hormones, right? Right. So it could enlarge your organs. It could enlarge your heart. Could enlarge your... Now, look, I'm a moron who, who is a, could, can barely read. So somebody else read this article. And then talked about it on a podcast. That's the way I digested it. So you're a digestion the worst possible way. Um, <laughs> and then he said the, the scariest thing is, is the majority of all humans are walking around with some type of cancerous cells in their bodies that just stay dormant their entire lives. Yeah, HGH is like a steroid to that. It enhances everything. And if you have dormant cancerous cells and you start taking HGH, your body could, and that's one of those things that just, you know, you start talking cancer, just scares the shit out of people. Scares the shit out of me. Of course. So, yeah. Um, you know, that, that's, it's weird, man. But there was, there was no doubt in my mind as soon as you said six cancer suspension. I, I just, oh, no, this is, this is for drugs and this is for rehab. Yeah. You, you and I both kind of thought the same thing. Um, I mean, it just sucks, right? Because like he he had never really been in that situation, and I'm sure that somebody told him like, "Hey, you know, you take this, 
and you you have a better chance of healing uh, quicker. Yeah, you can get back to doing what you want to do. You can get back to helping the team. And, That's right. And instead, you know, you you aren't careful with it. You don't, you know, do all your research and all that kind of stuff, and, and you get popped, and now you're out six games. I mean, that's it. the most he had ever missed in the season was last year, and he missed seven games, and now he's out for six to start this year. I will, I will tell you this. For a strategic standpoint, is they won all seven of the games he started, <laughs> and they yeah. lost uh, nine of the remaining ten. No, nine of the remaining eleven. I think they played however many it was. Whatever the math works out. Well, he, he, so he only missed they seven almost, or eight games. So, okay. yeah. They lost all the rest of them at the back end. I would yeah. rather him miss the six, but because he took the drugs, he is in better shape and healthier and stronger and faster than he was before. Come back healthy, and let's win the back end. Because that's yeah. where Arizona has really struggled is winning the back end. Yeah, you're not wrong about that. You are not wrong at all. Uh, no, I know he curious. didn't want to miss any of them, but well, no, of I got to miss some, brother. Ain't nobody won the won the Super Bowl in in August or September, and it's most true. of them had won it in October. But you can show <laughs> lose that basket. Uh, you win it in November. You win it in December. You win it in January. Yes, and that's when they got to figure out how to win games. Yes, you are correct. All right, let's uh, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. I'll go and let you go. I'll uh, I'll close out the show, my friend. See you, buddy. All right, Bye. be good. I'll talk to you later. All right, so that was Chris. And, of course, this is when he cures everything. We certainly appreciate you guys for being here on Monday. Had a lot to talk about, of course, NFL draft recap and whatnot. We will be discussing more of what happened in the NFL draft as we go through uh, the college basketball, or excuse me, college football previews will begin very, very shortly, uh, possibly next week. So pay attention to that. Pay attention to that. We are coming in strong early out the gate. So, uh, with that said, we're going to go ahead and wrap this bad boy up. We appreciate you for being here. Thank you for sharing out the show, for telling your friends about it, all that good stuff. Football season cannot get here fast enough. I will say that. All right. You guys have been fantastic. Subscribe where you need to subscribe. You can find everything about us over at winningcureseverything.com. With that said, you guys take care of yourself, take care of each other, and hopefully, hopefully, all of you tickets cash this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.